going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 15 of Connected by Seams podcast. Once again, Seth Smith alongside my big brother, uh, Garrett Smith, and eight-year MLB vet Danny Espinoza. Here we are, fellas, another week, another episode, and a super cool one at that as we caught up with Vice President of Marketing and the uh, company's first ever employee at Ethica, Danny Evans. Um, super awesome conversation. Really down-to-earth guy. Um, had a good time getting to know him. Danny, thank you for uh, setting that up. And I know you guys are workout buddies, but I'm glad we can all share that connection now uh, with Danny. So um, before we get into all that, NBA playoffs, things are uh, getting juicy, guys. Um, my uh, my odds looking it. great. Just yeah, because basketball it. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm down. I have Denver and Houston. Um, both those series one and one uh, with the Lakers and Clippers. No one has anyone in the East because Danny got swept out. Um, really represented Real well there. Uh, but that's the update on the NBA playoffs. Uh, Seth still has no idea what Seth, he's going to decide. I was just going to say, what, what do you have in mind? I don't uh, know. We should set it. Like- we should have to come up with it before like our teams are winners or not. You know what I mean? Like we should come up with. Seth, you and I will organize that since Danny's. Yeah, know, Danny's fired uh, up about this. I know that. He's for real sure. fired up. Yeah, we'll have. Well, we're gonna have another bet, and I'll win. I'll eventually. Oh, we'll it'll come full circle. We'll have Borat swimsuit. Eventually, at some point. the Borat swimsuit <laughs> will be on. Yeah, and it'll probably be at the time that we're all live in the same studio. And you Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be an ethical hey. one. Maybe we can get hooked up. We'll see what they have. Oh, they probably got some good female like underwear we could get into. Yeah, now we're talking, huh? That's what I'm talking about. There we go. Well, shoot. That's the uh, update on the NBA. Um, (laughs) Hey, speaking of weird, let's head right in to the highs and lows. Um, I know you guys are fired up about this one. A little long weekend. Uh, At that, I hope everyone had a safe and and good Labor Day weekend. Um, I know us three did, and and on that note, why don't we talk about it? Who uh, who wants to go first? I know you guys are chomping at the bit. Well, I can go. I, I think no Danny's up. Going. Yeah. Um, so we take our our, uh, our little puppy in to get fixed, you know, get his get his taters cut off, and um, <laughs> we take him in, and they call us. Hey, gave him the wrong medicine. Well, we, we just we just took you a fully healthy puppy, right? No way. Fully healthy puppy gave him gave him the wrong sedative to put him, like you know, to for for to go into the surgery, and his heart rate went from like one ten to like fifty. So they gave him the wrong sedative. We had the they had the blood work on him. They knew that he had a. a um, it was something genetic that he has in that breed that they can't take a certain a certain sedative or something like that. So they knew it, but they administered it anyways and didn't check on it until after his heart rate went down. So they had to reverse him out of it. They call us in a panic. We had to take him from there to another uh, animal hospital, keep him overnight. Is he okay? He's fine now, but his heart rate oh, went down to like 50. Oh, I, would, bro, I was about to kill him. Oh I was about gosh. to kill him. My, my wife was about to kill him because they were – and we're there, we're talking to them, oh. and they're telling us, oh, um, you know, we, we did this wrong. I be, they admitted fault, and now that they they admitted fault, they're paying for all the bills Fuck and that. everything. I, yeah, I was but, pissed. But what, what pissed me off worse was that 
they go out and say like we're we're gonna use this like meanwhile like we haven't gotten our dog to the hospital or to a, a separate hospital they're like we're gonna use this as a learning experience i'm like oh you're gonna lo- use my dog as a, as a learning experience huh that's that's how you're gonna treat this you want to put him on blast who is this <laughs> Not gonna put him on. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny, if but it's fucking funny. Like, though, but yeah, you know, you know, no, you know like, okay, you know, on you know on on tested with PetSmart is. Yes. You know. The, oh, I already know. What you're, yeah. You know what the name is? Inside, inside the PetSmart, the the doctors that you run your insurance through and everything. I'll get it for my wife, but yeah, I'll put him on bots. I have no problem. I'll blast. But yeah, that was killed our puppy. And that was holy oh, cow. Uh, Which one? A, yeah, the the, the puppy, one. the new one, the 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 um Rem- Remington. Wow. Yeah, holy I was about cow. to kill. Him. Yeah. See, so that's uh, not okay. What the f- no? Why are the lows including these poor? Well, especially when you had the paper, you had the paperwork there, and you knew that, that yeah. you couldn't have yeah. that. It was just laziness. It's avoidable. Yeah, laziness. Um, Meanwhile, yeah, there you go. We get loose. There you yeah. go. Hey, well, turn the page. What were some of the highs? I think something yeah, got yeah, yeah. better than that, so, right? So high. Go on a mountain bike ride yesterday. Get out of the trails. I'm on Taft. Turning up, it's about to go up some road. You know, just gonna do about like a four mile road run just to finish my ride. Can I start going uphill? Boom! Nailing the tire through. Through the tread, out the sidewall. I'm a mother. Oh, what? I got you good. Double. good. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm about to walk home now. <laughs> Wait, this is your high? No, no. So the high part of it is that I <laughs> called Sarah. There. Sarah was gone. She had taken the kids to romp around like the jumping place. She looks so fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wish they had that when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. No and, um... The highway was, I was like, God, I don't think she's home yet. But I call her. She's like, oh, no, I just pulled up the house. I was like, oh, I'm down the street. Come pick uh, me up. Like, saving grace. Save my life. I have to walk home with my bike right now. Oh, that so, so brutal. Uh, on the brand life. new one? Yeah, just a random nail, bro. I was coming off of a uh, No, on Taft the brand new bike? Yeah, Taft. You know where Taft and Cannon run into each other? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you would have had to go down the Yeah, you would have been. Over the hill? No, I was going on to Taft, though. I was coming to the trail right there off of, Can- off of Cannon, right before yep. I get to the reservoir. And I was yep. going down Taft, and as I hit the sidewalk, pop, right? Oh. I was like, what? Yikes. Yeah, that's yeah. brutal. Shout out, to, shout hey. out to Post Malone and Bud Light. Ha! Look at that. that yeah, that'll always help. That'll feel better. Did you listen to that, Rogan? <laughs> that yeah. was a good one. That was a good. That one. actually was good. He crushed like yeah. five Bud Lights in the time he was there. I think he did a there. little bit more than that. Well, he, other stuff cases. was other stuff was I, involved. I think yes. he did five cases and about five uh, packs of cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, he was getting after it, and he said he was on like three hours of sleep or something like that too. It's yeah. awesome. And I found out he's only twenty-five. That yeah. dude has, mm, he's got some miles on that freaking tread. Dude, there. that's such a rough life, though. Holy cow! Oh yeah. I couldn't imagine. Be fun. No, I don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, go ahead, right. G. Go, G. No, I was going to spend it to Seth. So oh, go. all right. Wow. Yeah. Curveball. Um, yeah, fun weekend. I had an extended weekend. Um, actually went, surprised the parents uh, in Orange County. Um, G, I don't want to spoil your highs and lows. I don't know what you're going to get into here, but you were gone. Um, I was gone. For the people that uh, maybe don't know, you have fostered a bunny. 
um, from me. I had pre moving to Pennsylvania, you guys um, took him in and have taken great care of him. You guys were gone and I, I was like, you know what? I think it's necessary for me to get my booty up there and uh, take care of the bunny. Um, so helped out for a little bit, but in the meantime, got to go to dinner with my dad uh, and Darcy and then saw my parents and stuff too. They have this whole street fair set up. Uh, if anyone's familiar with the Orange International Street Fair, um, full Polynesian um, setup theme. Uh, it was a good time. So uh, did that this weekend. Um, went out in the Mission Bay actually too. Uh, that was fun. Took a dinghy around, hung out. So many people out. Um, took your dinghy out. Yeah, took my dinghy out. Uh, it was a good time, you know. You know, when the, when the dinghy's coming out, <laughs> you're gonna have a good time for sure. Um, but that was fun. Um, and then the lows AC went out at work. Uh, we didn't oh, get AC back inside it. the restaurant till two thirty. Um, when it Great came on, I don't even want to say the numbers <laughs> that it was at, uh, cause I don't want to shut us down. I don't know what's legal and not legal, <laughs> but it was ridiculously hot. Um, and just the heat in general. What's considered a sweatshop and what's not. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to, you know, I don't get shame everyone. Um, and then unfortunately, there's, there's like crazy fires going on here in San Diego too. Alpine and stuff like I got that. Them all over here really, too. really bad. Um, so that's been kind of a bummer um, with, you know, you see the ash and with that, it's, you know, you think about obviously someone went through some shit for that so that sucks um but that's basically it it was another good week uh extended weekend and and made the most of it so uh how about you g yeah uh as you mentioned i was gone we took uh See? didn't want to spoil the, it yeah we took the three <laughs> dogs up to big bear uh our our uncle has a, a little cabin when i say little it's it's little shoebox but it's dude so it's cool. so rad uh it's so cool it's super old school um and with the three dogs i you know built this little temp uh, temp enclosure outside so that they could actually enjoy the wild a little you bit didn't send me the picture but shots. i was with dad when i saw it dude that thing's sweet and no, you can just great. collapse it and yeah yeah sweet. and uh but no it was fun being up there um just going to the lake. We we did a couple. Well, I told Rach there were yeah, they're just trail walks, but they were they were hikes. Um, and she was not having it, but nice. that was uh that was all right. The dogs loved it. They were so exhausted. Uh dude, so many freaking people up there. Really? So many. Oh, it was packed. Um, but it was also so hot. Yeah. Uh, it's usually like we've been up there in the summer. It's it's touching 90 maybe but dude it was upper 90s and even 100 at some points um and at night even during the summer it usually cools down quite low and it's stuck at like 70 wow and no no airflow it was dry um, yeah but despite all that like i mean it was still it was just fun to get away it, dude two hours away it's not that far uh it was fun um the downer to it all, though, was Saturday. We were we were at the lake walking around it, and it was like, when did this become a volcano? Um, it looked like over the ridge, and you saw bad, huh? that fire, uh, the Yukaipa wow. fire. Wow. And, dude, it was gnarly looking. And, uh, like, I took pictures, and I have some videos, but they don't do it justice. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was cool. Or... Uh, 
cool to see, but not cool to know that that shit is right at the base of the mountain. And I looked it up and it was literally like right at the base of the 38 where it connects. And so the downer on top of the fire was we had to go the front side, which is super windy on the way down the mountain. For those of you that are probably anybody that's gone to big rare probably primarily uses that way. And when you have three dogs in the back of your truck that, you know, they don't know what's going on. Oh, dude, it was miserable to like, for me to watch them trying to like hold themselves up and like, Oh dude, I felt so bad. But, uh, but yeah, Who's no, the best of just them in the fire. car? Honestly, um, Tilly, because oh, I think she's the she dirtiest is... one, though. No, I know, but I think it's because she she doesn't know what the hell is going on, so she just freaking tucks in the back <laughs> seat and just like, like I don't want to look up. Yeah. Uh, Bali is she's gradually got to the point where she's dude, she's full head out the window. Like, yeah, I'm I'm on a road trip, and then Lucy is also. <laughs> I'll send you guys some pictures. Lucy drools like freaking no other <laughs> when she's in the car. Nowhere else. But Sorry, in the car, Douglas. all of a sudden, it's like St. Bernard everywhere. That is awesome. And uh, the side of my truck, it just it looks hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, my weekend was good. Um, it was a good way to, 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 I guess, close out summer. Yeah. Which, One last hoorah. <laughs> hey, shit's getting uh, real, though um everyone's back at school and doing all that too so you're right summer comes to an end and hey that's not a bad way though like you said two hours we did that not too long ago that like i said going to the river was like three hours and some change it's like just close enough far enough um so no that's rad sweet well without further ado um as mentioned we talked to danny evans of ethica um huge in the industry and so many cool stories that that he shared with us and just a a cool story of how he got started again the company's very first employee um, basically begged for a job and now he has stuck around and and been through been through it all uh with ethica so we'll send it to the interview now what's going on everyone welcome into connected by seams podcast looking forward to today's conversation as we are joined by vice president of marketing at ethica and Ethica's very first employee, Danny Evans. Uh, this is awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. How are you, Danny? I'm good, man. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that might be a bold statement, but I read it. It was in print. Is that true? You are the company's very first employee at Ethica? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It um, <laughs> goes all the way back to 2009. So I just kind of, I was a little uh, punk kid at, in, in school and just kind of started showing up to the founder's house one day and um, yeah, never, never, never left. Kind of just, kind of just kept showing up until he was forced to hire me. Assistance. <laughs> it paid off. Boy, it sure paid off. Um, we look forward to diving into all that. Um, but before we get there, a couple of uh, Long Beach State guys in the house, you and Danny, I think just today you guys figured that out that you both uh, went to Long Beach State, Danny playing baseball you go in the marketing direction. Uh, if you want to maybe just talk about your experience at Long Beach, what you studied, and what kind of you got into uh, during your college days. Yeah, Danny was a dirtbag. I was a 49er. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Long Beach State, um, uh, you know, I had kind of grown up around this action sports world of skateboarding, snowboarding, BMX. And um, I, I did have direction uh, within myself from a young age of, hey, I want to work with, with athletes. 
Um, so I went to Long Beach State. I grew up in San Pedro, California. So that was kind of like the local university, um, 15 minutes from, from home. Uh, majored in marketing. Um, it was, uh, it, you know, I, looking back, I, I didn't really get a lot out of college. Um, and I think I, I didn't really use it the right way. Like at the time, you know, when you're 18 to, to 22, you're kind of thinking like, how can I get this done? How can I, you know, pass my classes and just get this over with? Cause it's a bit of a chore. And now I'm, I'm older with a more mature outlook. I wish I kind of would have like, you know, um, uh, had the intention of getting more out of my classes. It probably would have came, came in a lot more, um, helpful down the line, but, uh, you know, I, I finished. Um, I, I definitely learned learned a few things in the marketing classes. But when I was when I was the halfway through my sophomore year, um, and I had kind of already had like six years of quote working experience up until that point. Like, I worked at like this water sports shop um, starting when I was really fourteen years old, uh, selling like water skis and wakeboards and stuff like that. And then I got into shooting for uh, photos when I was about eighteen. Um, and also kind of hosting, uh, doing some MC stuff at like local events, whether they were skateboarding or wakeboarding or that type of stuff. So when I, when I got into college sophomore year, I, I, uh, heard about this guy named Malcolm McCassie, who was going to start this underwear company with, um, Travis Pastrana and, and a skateboarder named Ryan Sheckler, um, who were pretty much like in, in the action sports world, those were like the Kings at that time. Like they were the household names. So I reached out to him on MySpace at the time. That was the social, social network. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Popping. Um, and, and linked up with him. So basically the where, where that story comes full circle is I was at the time I was getting so much more, uh, marketing, like kind of life experience outside of school. So, uh, you know, that, that's where really all my valuable knowledge came from. Um, school was, uh, kind of a secondary focus for me. But. Well, it's, it's tough at Long Beach too, because, you know, it's, that's a true commuter school. It's not, um, you don't get the real college experience as far as going to the football games, going to the, you know, all the sports. It's a commuter school. You go there and there's 50,000 kids that go to that school and you see them on campus and that's it. Yeah. Nobody you know, goes you know. to the football games because they haven't had a football team. Since. I was just yeah. going to say, is there even a football that? team? No. Yeah. But no, no. Like, and I had a, I had a tight group of friends that I grew up with um, that we all stayed close through high school and stuff. And yeah. most of them ended up going to either Fullerton or San Diego state. So really on the weekends, it was like, Oh man, like I'm just going to go to hang out at Fullerton or San Diego state. Right. So it was like, dude, I think I went to like one or two Long Beach state basketball games and like yeah. maybe one party in four and a half years. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't really that, that plugged in. Long there. Beach pride right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, out, you didn't go to like house parties and stuff really at Long Beach because you had Second Street right there. You had downtown Long Beach, and that's kind of what For you sure. did. It was just a totally different experience going to Long Beach. I mean, I loved it. I love the campus, um, love that school. But I mean, that's just it, it's you don't get tied up in the college experience there. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a totally different experience. It's not like and I don't, the and I don't, that. And I don't regret it. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. And I was like, I don't want to say I was working hard because I wasn't doing manual labor working hard, but I was super focused. So it's like, I'd get out of class and then I'd go find some skateboarder to shoot photos with and go home and like be on the computer. I, I was, I was making the most out of my day. So right. you know, it was just a different way to be productive than I guess your typical college experience. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff showed photography or that you were into photography. You do freelance stuff, things like that. Was that something you developed as, as you got older, as you were a kid, you were always snapping pics or. Um, so it was kind of, a, I got into the photography because 
I think, well, one, because I, I was super into skateboarding and motocross and that stuff, but I wasn't that good at it. So it yeah. was, it allowed me a, a way to be part of the sports and, and, and spend time with the athletes, um, you know, without actually being the athlete. Uh, so, so that was one thing that made it cool. It was a creative outlet for me, but also as I grew up, I, I realized that it became an incredibly valuable tool to get my foot in the door places, um, especially a few years, fast forward a few years when we started working with music artists, you know, it's like, if they're, you know, these up and coming artists, uh, no matter what genre they're in, like they're not, they don't have a ton of money. So if you're a kid that's hanging out with them and shooting photos for them for free and giving them photos, like that's really valuable to them. So you kind of constantly get the invite to come to their studio sessions or their shows or whatever it is, um, as opposed to being a kid trying to like network with artists and not really bringing anything to the table. It's like, dude, who, who is this guy? Like, why is, there, why is there another dude in the studio session right now? Like, get him out of here, you know? Wow. So photography really, it, it allowed it allowed me to make money, some side money when we were starting Ethica and I wasn't really making any money. So it was definitely served its purpose on that front, but then it also was a phenomenal networking tool for me to just have a reason to be, you know, um, backstage at a concert or get a media pass to X games or whatever, whatever the scenario was, but super valuable. It's, it's cool because like the, your photos, like I see the stuff that you do from the extreme sports to like the stuff you showed me like on Wednesday at the gym where it was like, I thought you were hanging out with the game in Compton. Yeah. Two extremes, (laughs) you know, from like being on the dirt to being like, and Compton doing the stuff that you're doing, it's, it's like you, you have such a, a broad spectrum in your in your photos. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it definitely came over years. Photography is funny because you think that you'll 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 get excited and be like uh, about shooting a photo. Like, man, this is a good photo. And then if you shoot photos for another couple years and you get better, you look back on the photos and you're like, dude, I sucked. Those photos are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's fun. Is there sure. a partic- uh, particular style or, or anything you like to shoot in particular? It's just stuff that I'm passionate about. So, yeah, it was always, you know, skateboarding and the action sports and motocross um, and, and now hip hop and music concerts and stuff like that. Like I could never, ever see myself, you know, shooting a wedding. Um, it, it, you know, that, that type of stuff just becomes it, it makes it's and it's I mean, it's a great that's probably the most profitable form For sure. of photography. Those guys make a lot of money, but for me, that would turn it into a job, and and that's never really what it was. It was a way for me to, like, you know, connect with the stuff I was passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, it's always cool when you go to, like, a concert or something, and you see them all up on stage, and the, the, you know, photographers bouncing around and taking video, and it's pretty sweet, and then you see it afterwards, and it's like, wow, that came out. Yeah, it's crazy to see how that kind of, even though as a profession, I mean, I got lucky where it was never my, something that I relied upon to to really pay the bills, but it's it's um, a little bit unfortunate with how far the iPhone has come. Cause that, that as a profession has really kind of fallen off. Like what you're able to yeah. do now. Um, it, it's, I mean, I've literally done photo shoots for Ethica um, where I'll shoot a photo of something on my DSLR camera and then take the same photo on an iPhone. And we've literally ran the iPhone photo because it just looks better <laughs> than the, the That the is iPhone. wild. That's yeah. crazy. That's but insane. I, I, so you talk about like how the, how your photography has you gotten, you know, gotten you into, know the stuff that you're passionate about being from the extreme sports to the music i mean i think it's like it's cool and we want to talk about it the people that you've met the stars you know the artists everything that you you know you've been able to to get into because of your photography you know has has gotten you kind of there yeah i think photography's got me there but also ethica just is a very was a it's a very unique brand that we built um and a lot of it just happened organically it wasn't necessarily the game plan from the start but you know in 
pre-2009, there was nothing cool about men's underwear. So, you know, credit to Malcolm, our, our founder, like he saw that opportunity to go into that space. So once, you know, it was a lot of hard work and years and stuff that went into making it cool. But once we kind of got over that hump and made something cool, we weren't pigeonholed to like, we were never like, oh, that's the skateboarding brand. You know, it, it kind of expanded from the action sports into music and then into NBA. So me being in the, in the, the marketing role that I'm in, um, it's never gotten, you know, a dull or stale or, or whatever, because I get to kind of bounce back and forth between so many different worlds where Ethica has relevancy. Um, so be able to transition from motocross to um, uh, hip hop music to uh, the NBA and, and all that is, has made it really fun and really fresh. And uh, yeah, I guess that, that's kind of the main thing that's been able to be responsible for the wide network of people that, that I've met over the years. Well, let's even go back even further. You mentioned MySpace being your, your way of, of reaching out to Malcolm. Uh, I made a note of that. Uh, that's basically how you met him or you invited him to a birthday party or something um, that, that you guys were able to meet. But why was it underwear? Like you said, it, that wasn't like a hot thing being talked about back then. Why, why did you guys see that kind of space and outlet to uh, – exposed um i mean it definitely wasn't you guys i can't take credit for that that was all malcolm like he he was he was you know had that that vision and saw that opportunity back then he was older than i am he he had much more working experience in in our world where uh you know i think to not to try to speak for him on something but from from my understanding it was like he saw the opportunity where athletes have endorsements for everything you know especially in like the action sports like mainstream worlds, you know, the big three and stuff, it's a little more controlled companies like Nike and stuff. They'll, they'll do head to toe deals. So athletes don't really have as much freedom, but in skateboarding, you'll look at someone and he'll have a clothing sponsor, a shoe sponsor, a sunglass sponsor, a watch sponsor, like really a different endorsement for every piece of, of equipment or apparel that they wear. And underwear was like the one thing that no one had like tapped into yet. So there was a white space there. Um, to, to not only make something cool uh, with the athletes, but also to make just a better product. Like stuff was terrible back then. Like I grew up buying a five pack of Hanes at Target for 15 bucks or whatever it was. And I think most people kind of did. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, there was, there was an opportunity to make something cool and also just make it a, a much better quality product that, that fit the athletes. And we came out with a fit that we still have today, which we call the staple and it's a longer fit. Um, and now the longer fit has kind of become more the norm. But in 2009, people thought we were crazy. Nobody had anything that long in 2009. And when we originally sampled it and Malcolm gave it to the Travis Pastranas of the world and the Shecklers and stuff, and we had all this great feedback, um, the guys were like, yeah, this is the fit that you, you need to go with. Like this, this just fits way better than anything else out there. So that's what we launched. Everybody thought it was a compression short and, and you know, performance specific at the time when it was really just a cotton a cotton brief, but the fit was, the fit was dialed. Well, take us through that journey a little bit. I think you guys started in a garage in Irvine, California, um, had just like four cabinets or something. If I read correctly of just underwear and now you have grown to where you guys are now. Um, maybe just yeah, kind of, you, you've done, you've done your homework. You're, you're, I have. Yeah, no, it was awesome, dude. Like, I don't know. I just was stumbling upon more and more and, um, four cabinets. It started with just five solid colors, and now you guys have patterns that are crazy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so, so there was that. a 
there was a period that maybe took a little longer than it should have to really kind of give the get the brand up and going because we didn't have any capital at first. So it was a very like grassroots thing where we're just giving product out to our friends and this and that. Um, from 2009 to 2012, really, we were out of, of Malcolm's Garage. And, and towards the end of that, we, we got a, into a store, Zoomies, and we did a test with them. I was like, hey, we'll put you in 25 doors and we'll test this product. Um, we also had some cool, really cool stuff happening when we were still out of the garage. Like, uh, you know, one of my close friends, a guy named Ryan Good, worked with um, Justin Bieber. And so I would give Ryan like 10 or 15 pairs to give to Justin, which at the time was a lot of pairs. Like, you know, we're, we have no inventory. We don't have money, whatever. <laughs> and he would give it to Justin. Justin would love it. And then Justin would go to our website and buy 50 pairs. So we're That's seeing cool. like that type of stuff where it's like, it just reinforced like, okay, there's, there's like some potential here and like the product's really good. Cause someone like that doesn't go and, and buy more of the product unless he genuinely kind of likes it, you know? Um, and then in 2012, that was a major turning point um, for the brand from 2012 to like 14. Uh, Malcolm met a guy named Matt Cook um, who he partnered up with in 2012 and Matt became um, our CEO uh, and also brought, um, you know, the, the first ever, basic, basically the first ever real um, investment money to the table where we were able to then transition from making product domestically to making product overseas and Matt's expertise, um, his operational expertise into how to scale a business um, really came into play where uh, it, it kind of went from uh, Malcolm and myself and, and a few other people um, in some roles where Matt came and, you know, gave the brand it's really its first office um, and, and was able to set a foundation for us to, to really be able to scale um, and put that blueprint into place. And uh, from 2012 to 14, it was, it was a very foundation level focus um, on the operation side. And then from 2015 to now is when it's really kind of just like started to take off and, and even much more so in the last 18 months. Um, you know, it's been crazy. So, you know, credit to, to both Malcolm and Matt. Malcolm's, you know, vision from the jump was. Uh, allowed us to be the first movers in the space kind of first market and then Matt's expertise in, in scaling and, and operations and, and all that uh, has really allowed us to get to where we are at now I got a question on my side uh, so when you when you were jumping on board from the get-go and coming from the marketing mindset of things and you you know and find out that it's underwear what's going through your head of What's, what's my strategy here from a photo shoot point of, point of view, a marketing point of view? Because like you said, I mean, everything was the Hanes and the, the fruit of the looms and just the guy standing there with his crouch out, you know? Like, what do you do to, to blow, blow up the company and catch the eye? Like, I, I'm just curious, like, what was, what was running through your mind on that? Yeah, so um, if, when I first hit up Malcolm, to be honest, I didn't even know it was underwear. And I, cause no one really like the company, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even launched yet. Like there was like a website with the logo on it and that was it. So I, I just wanted an opportunity to, to work with him and the people that were involved found out it was underwear. It was kind of funny. Cause if you would have told me when I graduated high school, I'd be working for a men's <laughs> underwear. Like, I would have like that was very, uh, um, but then when you think about it and, and I did kind of have this mindset from the beginning, it's like, what an awesome product because for both men and women, it's a product that you wear throughout your entire lifetime. It's a, it's a product that you need more than one pair of, and it's a product that you're consistently buying. So just the, the potential, you know, piece of the pie that you can get is it's, it's a massive pie and it's a huge industry. So, um, 
just that business model alone was intriguing to me. Um, and then once you got kind of got into it and it's like, okay, now we're doing this underwear thing. It was a very anti underwear um, approach that we took. And, and, and we still stick to that to this day where we would never, ever, you know, take a photo of a, um, a guy with his shirt completely off unless it was like, you know, a Sheckler or somebody at the time that has a bunch of tattoos where people are used to and comfortable seeing them with their shirt off. Of course. Yeah. Um, right. And we would, you know, we would just wait for like the glimpses of like, a skater to you know grab his shirt and wipe sweat off or you could see the band you know but it was a very the, the marketing side was a very comfortable way of of seeing that it was like men's underwear um and that's kind of what made it cool you know so especially with the sports that we were in um i agree so i didn't even today, think about the band's gotta be like the most important part of the underwear almost oh, like something sure. to grab oh, the yeah, attention yeah. you know what i mean i didn't even until you just said those guys so often yeah. are Lifting up today now we now we're, we're bigger and we've trained people to know that we're an underwear brand like we've expanded our product lines to include everything uh you know from socks to t-shirts and hoodies and, and all this this cool high quality products um when we do our photo shoots now we don't even we don't even feel the need to show the waistband like now i'm trying to sell you a vibe and an emotion and like a really cool feeling with a photograph you know you already know what at, that ethicas you know sells underwear so i don't need to to show you that anymore um, so that's kind of the, the approach that we've taken that you walk into our building here too. And it, it doesn't feel like you're in an underwear company. It just, it's like, dude, I don't know dude, a music speak- label or a clothing brand or what it is, but it's, it's cool. You know, I, about it. <laughs> I would dude, I was, I was going to say like, uh, like you guys' stuff, like your shirts and stuff, like the stuff that I've gotten from you guys, their socks, everything is so like athletically, I want to say it's like athletically loungy, comfortable. Yeah. Like it fits right, but it's comfortable just to chill in. The socks are very like almost kind of like that tight NBA athletic fit, you know, to the, to the feel, the shirts fit great. But talk about that office. I've been to your guys' building now a couple of times. And if I was ever going to get a normal job, I'm, I'm going to call and try to work there. Cause this is the coolest. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. This place is unbelievable. The most probably, like worker friendly space in the world, like everything going on in it is sick. Like talk about that place. That place is unbelievable. Yeah, man, Matt, um, you know, I had a vision when he moved in here and, and uh, it was to create somewhere that the athletes and the artists um, and also the employees, but like you said, they, they want to be here. Like we, yeah. we want to create a facility where people want to spend time at. So everything was like pretty meticulously thought out. Like we have just an immense amount of imagery put up everywhere in this office. Um, so you walk through and you can really just kind of get a grasp of like, like no matter what, you know, sports or music genre or whatever you're into, there's imagery in here that appeals to you. So you could be walking down the hall and see a 18 foot tall image of, you know, a soccer superstar like Danny Alves and then go around the corner and see a MotoGP guy like Valentino Rossi and, and then a hip hop artist like Meek Mill, you know, doing a wheelie on a dirt bike, like all that stuff is just really in your face. And, um, we built, uh, we just finished building a state of the art music studio in the office we started our own record label to kind of go on that. That's, that's legit. Dude, <laughs> this place is sick. Yeah, new business. We've got a we've got an NBA regulation size half court with you know the the NBA wood and the hoop and all that. So during COVID, um, yeah, with with the lack of gyms available, that that thing's been in use from like six a.m. to eleven p.m. every day by NBA players and college recruits trying to train. We've got a a small wow. gym area and then just you know a bunch of lounges with uh tvs and pool tables and, and that type of stuff so it, it's a fun place for me it's it's our old office was cool 
um, especially for where we were at as a brand, but we shared a building and we were on the third floor and the first floor was like a doctor's office and there was like a dentist office and it just had, it just, it was five minutes from my house, but I just Chills didn't really want to be there. This is somewhere where I want to come and, and actually, you know, it's fun to work and it's fun to spend time here and have that culture piece implemented with all the employees. The employees here are great. You know, everybody's comes from the kind of the same worlds and yeah, it's awesome. It's cool because like when you're in, when you're in there from what I've noticed, like, couple of times that I've been in there is like you walk through and usually when you walk through an office building or something people are very to themselves they don't say anything to you but the the environment you guys have created within your building you walk through and like everybody's like hey how you doing what's up like very friendly I've never had like been through an office building where everybody is that friendly like willing to say like how you doing what's up like it was it, it's an unbelievable environment you guys have created an unbelievable workspace yeah no cubicles um you know we'll you'll walk through a department and we'll have a speaker blasting nipsey hustle at 10 a.m like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very very laid back fun it sounds like my yeah. old job actually my old, old yeah. office was very much like that uh yeah, and then yeah no it got a little too far and and <laughs> We had to tame, tame it down a little bit, but yeah, yeah I like I that. Set expectations. That's awesome. I mean, the expectations, you know, Matt, uh, our CEO now does a good job from the top down of like setting those expectations of like, Hey, you know, the first goal is to, to, to make money. So you need to work hard so the brand can make money. And the second goal is to have fun. So it's like, Hey, you know, we, we need to, we need to keep everybody that high standard to make sure no one's, you know, playing pool and darts for too many hours during the day. Yeah. If you do <laughs> it the right way, it can be successful for sure. It, it reminded me, it, it kind of reminds me of a, of a clubhouse, right? Like you have the stuff for the guys to relax yeah. and your employees 100%. to relax and enjoy it, but there's work being done 24 seven, you know, all the time, but you have the, the space, you know, to give them individual room or whatever to move. Yeah. hundred percent. We had a, you guys have a kitchen and a chef or anything? Um, chef, we, 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 we've got a couple different kitchens and we do like, we cater lunch for the employees, um, like every Wednesday, like once a week, um, so Sweet. No, no, no chef. We haven't, we haven't done it. We haven't gone that far yet. We, we had a chef and that was like one of the best and worst ideas. I think that our company had for a while because <laughs> it was breakfast and lunch and everybody spent, you know, a couple hours for breakfast, a couple <laughs> yeah. hours for lunch, but it kept you in the office. But dude, it was, okay. it was, uh, it was awesome having that. Nice. That's funny. Well, back to kind of the brand there, you being marketing uh, expertise, needing to build those relationships with the athletes, with the music musicians. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've had a, a ton of experiences um, that have been really cool to be involved with. Um, but just kind of marketing underwear, what have, what have you found as far as like struggles, successes, um, has anything really changed from when you guys started to now as far as like what people want or what's in, you know, that kind of area? Um, yeah. So, so there's a couple of different parts of the, that, those questions, but, um, as far as challenges go, not so much right now, like, like I said, the last 18 months, the, the brand's really hitting, but when we were going into retail stores, that was a big challenge because, you know, Zoomies was the first ever retail store we went into, and that was followed by a chain called Tilly's. They've been great partners for us. Uh, most recently in the last few years, we've gone into like Foot Action, Foot Locker, stores like DTLR on the East Coast. And so the, the problem that, and the challenge that we ran into um, with that is when we go into almost all of those stores, they don't already sell any underwear. So 
it's not like we're going into a clothing store with a t-shirt. Like we have to essentially create the entire the category and turn Foot Locker or Zoomies into a destination where people want to go to buy underwear. So that, that takes time. Like that doesn't happen really quick. Like um, especially right. back in when we're in like 2013, 14, 15, like those years. So the challenge is to really, you know, be on the same page with our wholesale partners and, and understand uh, and make sure we both have realistic expectations. Like, Hey, this is a program we're going to build for you over, over the next 12 to 18 months. Like you, you can't expect to see the sellers you want to see in 30 days. Like that's not going to happen because we're, we're trying to bring an entire new category into your, to your store. Um, and once we do that, then it actually becomes awesome for the store because they get to add something entirely different. But that, that's been a big challenge in the past um, that, that we've had to kind of focus on. Like we're, you know, we're on the flip side. When we went into Nordstrom, um, the brand kind of got off to a great start because they already have that destination. People already go into Nordstrom to buy men's underwear. So you just, it was kind of a more of a plug and play approach to that. Um, it had a different set of challenges, but, but it was a little bit easier in that sense. Um, and then as far as trends go, you know, we never, in 2009, we didn't really anticipate this like print craze that is, is driving, um, you know, it drove the sock category for a while. Um, and, and now yeah. it's kind of dominating the underwear category where, uh, you know, we had five solid colors, like you said, out of the garage. And now every season there's, I mean, there's probably close to a uh, hundred different prints in our line um, per season. And, and that's what's selling. Like the, the stores aren't selling. We, we do a fair amount of solids on our, um, our e-commerce site, but yeah, in wholesale, it's like, it's just driven by this print craze and, and, and new, like, I want something new. I want to collect them. Like you look at the hashtag Ethica collection on Instagram there's kids that have over a hundred pairs that are literally. Oh yeah. I was going to say the kid, the kids, like my buddies that have kids that are like, you know, six, seven, 10, you know, whatever, like they love them. That's all they wear. Their parents are like, dude, we buy tons of these things. Like yeah. this is all the kids will wear now. They don't wear anything but Ethica. I have a ton. I have multiple friends that have kids like, yeah, yeah. Well, the only underwear we buy for our kids is Ethica now. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, that craze is kind of taken over, which is, um, which is cool. Um, for sure. Yeah. Have there have there been any fun kind of col collabs or anything to create these new patterns or kind of crazy patterns, anything like that, that, that you've maybe had a preference over? Um, I mean, yeah, we're doing them all the time. We've, we've got, I can't, um, yeah, there's some fun stuff. Before <laughs> the, I don't want to quite get into that, but there's some cool stuff happening. But uh, in the past, I mean, we've done we've done a lot of collaborations um, that have primarily been around underwear. Now we're trying to move into collaborations that are that can maybe be a little bit deeper. But um, if you look at like the, uh, I'll give you a couple quick examples. But we've done um, some motorsports partnerships with like a company called FMF, um, yes. Nitro Circus. Uh, those are brands that every year, you know, for the last four or five years, they have designs to come and launch. Uh, Valentino Rossi, the MotoGP writer, has a collection with us. Um, we've also we also have a big licensing deal in place with Fanatics um, for NBA uh, and collegiate stuff. So we have a we don't have all the colleges, but we have a ton of colleges, and then we have every NBA team. So those those prints are done are doing awesome. Like I mean, dude, like our Lakers, you can't make the Lakers pairs like fast enough. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, the collaborations are fun. That they serve more of like uh, you know keeping that, uh, giving the brand its its cool factor, for sure. We put a pause there in the first half of the interview with VP of Marketing at Ethica 
Dan, uh, Danny Evans. Awesome, like we said, just super down-to-earth, really chill mentality about him. Um, but with nothing was chill about how he got started with, at Ethica, which I thought was really cool. Um, just the perseverance to continue to, to bug Malcolm and try and get himself involved and, and not really take no for an answer until he has now stuck it out and been the, the longest tenured employee at Ethica, which is awesome and, and pretty freaking rad that we get to talk to him here and get to know him. Um, Danny, like I said and mentioned in the podcast, you two, uh, we're working out just before this, so I don't know if you want to maybe just a little personal connection there between you and Danny or anything you guys uh, want to touch on or whoever wants to start. No, I'll, I'll go. Um, like you said, I mean, getting – talk about a throwback, first of all, MySpace. Just yeah, get a little action right? out there. Yeah. I wonder if I could still log into my page and see what the hell's going on. <laughs> Check your wall. Yeah, you know, who top eight. my top eight. <laughs> oh, you were just pissing people off. Could you imagine? Depend, <laughs> depending on who you were pissed off at. And yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. that was the ultimate right there. Yeah. But uh, no, for him reaching out through MySpace and getting that, uh, I mean, it again, like there's a lot of common themes with a lot of our guests and it's, they, they're very go-getter. You know, they have that go-get mentality and he knew uh malcolm ahead of time knew he wanted to work with him or you know somebody of that stature and he freaking you know pulled up his pants and freaking went after it like that i think that's awesome uh it's something that is common with a lot of successful uh people and um it was just cool that you know his his idea of what he wanted to do and um he followed up on it and stuck it out. He didn't even know what the hell the product was and just was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go after it. So yeah. I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy uh, talking with Danny. I, I talk to him all the time at the gym. Um, guy I didn't know until this year. And uh, I remember the first time I came in, I was kind of, yeah, I didn't really know what to think, you know, you know, big brand like that. And, you know, not another athlete that was in there, just um, had a great relationship with, with Joe and the other, and the owner of the gym. And, um, ended up becoming friends and, uh, after we became friends brought, you know, brought me some gear to wear and this stuff is unbelievable. And Danny and I have created a, a better and better relationship and talk about it like a, like a genuinely nice person. The more and more time I've spent around him, um, just a very, very good person. Someone that honestly, when I go to the gym and I hang out and we work out, like we laugh the entire time. Like I enjoy I can see every that. time. Yeah, every time I'm hanging out with him, like we like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, him and I uh, train together. Um, I like we laugh and like I really enjoy talking with Danny. Um, very good person, but um, also gave you a great compliment, Seth. About I mean, don't bad your mouth. Get that smile off your face. Wipe that shit off your face. Dude, there's okay? no smile. <laughs> <laughs> talking no, about that was almost worse. That was yeah, like a sly know, little smirk. Like yeah, yeah you know. so, my face isn't red at all, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> no, but he, he gave you a compliment and said, you know, he, you know, unlike a lot of people, he said you did a lot of research and were able to pull a lot of stuff on even him that he was kind of surprised that not that many people do that much background work. And, um, you know, that's compliment to you, obviously, and you always do that for every single interview that we do. So um, he was very complimentary towards you. So look at that. Oh, smile, oh God. <laughs> Fucking fanboy. Yeah, dude. I am. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, but first they, ever it is, employee. It, it, yeah. it, is, it is a great compliment to you, and, it is, and it's true. You do a lot of background work on every single person we do, and um, and he, he, was, he wanted me to, 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 to basically let me uh, – have me let you know that. Wow. Hell yeah. Well, thank you. I did, I did not know that. I didn't even slip him any dollars for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did tell him I'll drop my drawers if I get hooked up with some undies. That's for sure. <laughs> that was later. That was later. That was, that later. was yeah, that was off the air. That was off the air. Um, but no, that's awesome because he was, you know, over time that you've got to, to kind of build that relationship, just letting us in in the time that he allowed us was, you know, you got to feel that and got to really kind of see his personality and was just you you wouldn't think he was who he is you know the way he carries himself is just awesome um you can so. see that's also why he has the clientele that he works with for sure uh with the brand you know like it, it that carries over in so many different ways that yeah. uh i think a lot of people underestimate uh underestimate is that the yeah word? yeah we can roll with that yeah yeah, yeah. sweet all right well on that note why don't we just send it to the rest of the interview with my boy danny evans oh best friend <laughs> All right, so we jump now into a little bit into current day uh, at Ethica and what you guys have going on and, and maybe give a, a better explanation of who you guys are, what you guys are, what you represent. Um, I know you guys love to get involved in the action sports, started as underwear like we've talked about, but um, as you're mentioning, growing in other areas more clothing, more apparel, things like that. But maybe just give the, uh, the people an explanation of who you guys are. You've, you've been there since damn near the beginning. So if there's anyone to kind of help with that answer and explanation, I think it would be cool to kind of explain firsthand who you guys are as a company. Yeah, so, I mean, we're a brand that just, we want to be able to, like, provide people with, with personal identity. Um, you know, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves with, with one product necessarily. Um, the underwear is great. It's something that we're we're really good at making a great product. Um, it's gotten to us where we're at now, um, and we still have so much runway to go um, with the underwear. So that that will continue to kind of be the focus. We're not trying to uh, abandon something or, or shift the focus of, of something that's really working well for us right now. Um, with that said, the name and the logo and the history and, and the athletes and artists that are involved in it, like it, it's just such a cool brand. Like it can really uh, transcend it into whatever we want it to. Um, so, you know, we've, we've moved into developing other products and testing them from t-shirts to socks and hoodies and hats and um, all that stuff. And it's, it's not necessarily because we want to, you know, increase revenue and have it make up, uh, you know, diversify our product catalog it's, it's really because we've listened to like, well, what do people want from us? Like they, they like this brand and they want to wear more products. So we have a great e-commerce platform that allows us to make really whatever we want um, and test it out and get a feel for, for what really works and what could end up being a, a potential um, new lane for us to go down in the future. Um, so, so that's been kind of fun. Uh, you know, I mentioned that with the finishing of our music studio, um, we've started our own kind of music label, uh, which, uh, you know, potentially has, the, uh, we, we can't even really define like where the ceiling could be on that. Um, with yeah. what we've been doing in music and, and what the future holds, there's, there's no telling. So that's, that's actually something that's so in its infant stages, but it's just incredibly um, exciting. So, so the studio was, you guys built that with the intention of starting like a legit label, not just as something fun and 
where no, you went on your lunch hour and off, but yeah <laughs> no we actually we, we 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 didn't intend on starting a label when we wanted to build it we we, we built it because we have you know a-list music artists that that come right. down office and are, and are part of our family of, of ambassadors anyway so it kind of just went into the same mindset of the rest of the building where we should build this because um these guys will want to use it and it's care yeah yeah if we can have the meek mills and the two chains and machine gun kelly's and these guys down here with this facility then it's just an awesome way to to get them in the building uh, and then as it was being built more and more discussions just kind of started to happen and it was like hey i think there's you know a, a, some white space here um for us to kind of find some upcoming artists, some new artists, maybe some talent that's been overlooked. Uh, and now that we have this facility, which is normally a huge thing with, with breaking new artists is the, the amount of capital that it takes to give them studio time. Back them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. So it, it kind of was just something that the discussions were happening simultaneously as the studio was being built and, and it really just made sense. Um, so, so that's kind of what we've, what we've been focused on since, since, uh, that's cool. Yeah, you talked you talked a little bit about some of the artists and stuff that you've worked with, right? Yeah, um, you you've dropped a couple of big names. Who's your Who's your guy, dude? Who's so your dude? <laughs> like, who's your dude? You're like, ah, I'm, that's my guy. Call him. I can hang out with him. Like, so, who is so, it? So my guy for me is is Machine Gun Kelly. Um, there's, there's yeah. three guys. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll kind of go on an MGK tangent here in a second, but <laughs> and actually we'll get four. We'll throw four guys in there because we've never really done been able to do anything official with him because he's so big. But but really, Meek Mill and Machine Gun Kelly were the first two people we worked with, and then if you you throw in Justin Bieber and Kid Ink into that mix, those were kind of the first four artists that that started to give us some eyeballs in in the music world. Um, you know, uh, well, actually, now that I say that, Little John actually also wore the product back in like 2009 and 10. And he, <laughs> That's uh, wow. So, yeah, there were some really like organic roots, but but Meek and Machine Gun Kelly were kind of the first two hip hop artists that that we met, and we met them both in like 2011, um, very, very early on in their careers. Uh, you know, we met Kid Ink very early on in his career. Um, and it's been really fun. I mean, the Machine Gun Kelly thing for me, like, we, we you know, became great friends. He, um, uh, really looked up to to Ryan Sheckler back when we met him. Uh, you know, he was really familiar with the X Games and skateboarding and all that. So the success that Ryan has had um, was awesome. And I think Ryan kind of became a, a little bit of a mentor um, for Machine Gun Kelly in the early years of of how to start to deal with you know success and 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 stuff that was was coming Machine Gun Kelly's way. So that that was really cool. And then just to watch kind of his journey, I feel like. Um, you know, I've grown as a person, Ethic has grown as a brand, and, and he's obviously grown as not just a music artist, but an actor and just an overall entertainer. Yeah. So it's kind of been a parallel um, growth um, from people that, you know, he was sleeping on a couch in Cleveland and trying, you know, rapping out of, of a basement, and we were trying to start a company out of a garage. But um, but that relationship, and to be honest, most of the relationships we have with these artists and athletes, it goes so much deeper than what they do for a profession and what we do and, and what we make. Like there, there's a lot of genuine um, just friendship stuff there. Like it's, it's, it's about business maybe 10% of the time. And the rest of the time is, is just being able to have kind of a fun, fun uh, group of group of friends. Yeah. yeah. seems like so you guys got a came, great group. When you guys found those guys, was it by happenstance or did you guys just kind of, or did you seek them out? No, man, it was, it was kind of, um, it was yeah it was definitely just kind of just kind of happened like uh you know what was crazy is both we had some some 
the you know Malcolm, our, our founder, he was really close with the Young and Reckless guys at the time, like Drama and those dudes. Um, there was a guy named Kevin Delaney who worked for Young and Reckless that, that we were good friends with. Um, and so me and, and Machine Gun Kelly had Young and Reckless deals, and uh, you know I think that's how they they ended up giving them some Ethica stuff. Like they gave them the first products. Um, and Meek was obviously familiar with us because he was really he's really into dirt bikes. So he knew about what we were because of our influence in motocross and, and Machine Gun Kelly kind of knew who we were um, or was into it because of, of Ryan and kind of the skateboarding influence that we had. Um, and then we, we ended up meeting Machine Gun Kelly for the first time um, in Dre's nightclub in Hollywood. That used to be kind of our old stomping grounds when we were in our young 20s. And uh, our friend Tall ran that place and, and Tall brought in Machine Gun Kelly and put him at the table right next to uh, myself and, and Ryan. Uh, so that, and then after that night, it, it was kind of a game on from there. <laughs> With a name yeah, like yeah, Tall. Yeah. Because What's that? I, I was going to say, I asked because sometimes those are the best, the best relationships and the best outcomes. And, you know, you don't have that expectation searching for something and then, you know, you get let down. So I was just curious, uh, on those guys. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's all just happened organically. Everybody, everything that we've done has really happened organically. Um, and I say that because we've never had the capital to not do it that way. Like I've never had the, I guess the luxury or, or the, the opportunity yeah. to have a check to say, Hey, we're going to get into, you know, the NBA, like let's go out and sign some basketball players and who do we want to be part of it? And it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it hasn't, it's, it's always come because, you know, um, uh, Lou Williams, who plays for the Clippers, he's really tight with Meek Mill and the Dream Chasers. So Meek is like, yo, Lou, uh -huh. you know, Lou wants some product. Can you send Lou some stuff? And Domino you know, effect. Yeah, Clay Thompson is really tight with Ryan Sheckler, and he grew up in South Orange County, and he comes over and hangs out yep. with us. So, yeah, it's always been like a, uh, hey, this is like a friend of a friend, and that's how the introduction starts. So That's sick. Uh, yeah. Always, yeah, always networking and trying to expand. You guys also, not just men's, but you expanded the brand by women's in 2015 or something as well, right? Um, men's, women's, youth, you guys are available for everyone, correct? Yeah, the women's stuff has been awesome. That, that's actually a pretty deep product line. Um, there's so many different products, uh, different cuts and styles of underwear for the women. And then the youth stuff has just been really exciting. Like, man, it, it, you know, especially out here in California, like if you're in that middle school age group, like if you're not wearing Ethicos, yeah. like you're just kind of not part of the cool kid crowd. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> that's so, it's true. It's so true. Uh, and that's been really, really beneficial for us to, to get the brand um, and the kids, you know, at, at such a young age and exposed to them. So, yeah, cool. that is awesome. Well, shoot, as you know, especially yeah. dads too, like dads with young kids, like the young kids want to match the dad. So we're getting photos of like, I mean, dude, oh, I've had crazy cool. parents, parents tell me like, it's like, it's like, yeah, even with my toddlers and stuff, like it's a, it's a potty training technique because they want to wear their boy underwear to match the dad, like just that's crazy stories, um, <laughs> that, that have been fun to hear. Well, I got to ask, uh, as a marketing guy, um, you know, if you were three guys that wanted to, you know, start a podcast and, you know, maybe get your name out there, I don't know, uh, just asking for a friend here, um, what kind of, if there are people interested in that field, in the marketing area, what you do, what can, you know, is there any tools you can share that's kind of um, led you to where you are? I know you, you touched on experiences and you know, things like that. But if you want to maybe elaborate, especially in 2020 when things are just constantly changing and keeping up with the times and social media and all that stuff, uh, if you want to maybe just elaborate a little bit on that too. 
you know, I've just always been a big believer in, in you just got to get out and, and start doing something. And, and success most of the times doesn't come quick, man. Like, dude, we're, I think it's still a new brand to a lot of people. And this is year 11 since we launched, you know, so there, there's, there's, it takes time for, for good things to happen. But I think the only mistake that people make, the only, the only bad thing you can do is to do nothing and keep thinking about your goals, your dreams, or what you want to start. Like, as long as you're doing something, it's going to be a learning experience and it may fail, but a failure can be a, a success on the next thing. And, and it'll, it'll teach you something. Um, so uh, yeah, I think as long as you guys are, are keeping the wheels moving and, and just doing something every single day, uh, like when I, before I met Malcolm, you know, after I graduated high school, it was like, Hey, I'm, I just want to do one thing productive every day, whether that's send an email to an executive at a, at Red Bull or whatever it is. Like I looked at that and it's like, is this guy going to read the email? Maybe not, but at least he's going to see my name in his brain pop up in his inbox. And like that, that was productive. And that's an incredibly small, easy thing. And you, know, you, I think people, you did it too, make you feel a little better. People get too caught up in the, in the ultimate goal. Um, and then they get, you know, when you, when you look at the ultimate goal of where you want to be, like sometimes it can be overwhelming on like what it's going to take to get there. When if you break down the goals and work backwards to them, you know, uh, on a monthly, weekly, and day-to-day basis, um, you can look back then over the course of a year and actually see so much progress. And that's where I think a lot of people just don't do it. They don't want to put the work in there lately, especially kids nowadays, like, I'm not a huge fan of like the, the workforce coming out of college. It's tough to find people that, that, um, that operate with a big picture mindset. Everything is like, what are you going to pay me today? Like what's in it for me right now? You know, instant satisfaction. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's good. That's good I, I, advice for people. That's, yeah, that's good advice like for people to hear to like put it in that work. Yeah. I, I really like that too. That, that's a good way to go, you know, look at stuff to just go out and do something, get something done. Work yeah, I mean, Dave, you guys operate on a, on a much uh, younger space with professional athletes, obviously. But right. For me, I, I made, I based every decision in my twenties off of trying to figure out where I want to be when I'm 35, you know, and, and work with right. that. So. Yeah. It yeah. helps a lot when you're passionate about it too. Um, and, and that's seems to be the key as well. So. Oh dude, hundred um, percent. Like I don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's so much easier to go to work when you can work with your friends. When it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. No, that's awesome. Well, shoot, when you're not working, what you, uh, what you sipping on back there? We got a little, little Jack Daniels. Are you a whiskey guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Friday. That's the Friday happy hour selection. Yeah. Wow. It. It's, well, ha- it's happy hour, right? It's Friday. It's happy <laughs> hour, right? It's 5 o'clock. <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. No, man, it's... Some of the people that come through here, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's always it's, it's pretty interesting with the hip hop crowd too. You know, like the, over by the studio, the entire one, one wing of the building has, has interesting odors coming from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who left the skunk loose, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> well, shoot. Can you who, can you spill the beans? Like, do you have a particular like bottle, or like if you know someone's coming, do you have like something waiting for them, or do like people like if they come record, do they put in strange requests or anything we have like a, that? We have a lot of Doucet and a lot of 1942. Those uh, are the, oh yeah, yeah. Those Wait. are the kind of the go-to's. Yeah, I'll right. be 1942 any day. Yep. <laughs> Any day of the week, that sounds good to me. That is awesome. Gee, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to ask uh, a couple of things. The first one was um, Machine Gun Kelly, and he was in the dirt, and that movie is phenomenal. 
And I was just curious, any kind of stories he may have shared with you on filming and how much fun that film was for him to do? Because yeah. it looked like, dude, I was <laughs> watching it. It looked le- legit. Yeah, if you man. haven't seen it, Danny or Seth or anyone yeah, you've else, been, it's, you've been trying it's, for it's a long a time. One. I have it. I yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. There's definitely some stories, man. Like we, I actually went out. So uh, the movie was actually filmed uh, in New Orleans uh, and they made, right outside of New Orleans, they made an entire strip look like the Sunset Strip. Um, And and it was actually set out there. So uh, we went out there, uh, me and my friend Dingo and and spent a couple days kind of on the set, just hanging out. Um, and it was, it was cool, man. Like the, the director that Jeff Tremaine, you know, he's done all the, the jackass stuff, uh, nitro circus stuff. Um, he definitely encouraged, uh, the guys to get in character as much as possible. It looked, it seemed, it felt it, you know, across the street from where the guys were staying, there was this shithole dive bar, um, that became known as the office. I can't remember if it was actually called the office or people just started calling it that. <laughs> um, but dude, the bar was open until 7am. So it was just what? like every night, like we would just be in this place and the, they had the beer called Purple Haze out there. And like, I just remember getting, drinking <laughs> so many Purple Haze until seven in the morning. Like the bar would actually end <laughs> at like 2.30, 3am when all the other places were closed. So crazy. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a wild, a wild filming experience for him. I think, um, you know, there were, it, it was a great crew involved in that from Jeff and uh, him and Pete Davidson became really good friends on that set. Um, but I think that as far as acting goes, that was his, that was, you know, he had been in five, six, seven movies, something like that before that, but that was his first lead. So I think it was after that movie that people are like, oh, wow, like, dude can actually act, you know? It was a sick movie. Yeah. yeah. It is a sick movie. Damn. I was just curious. Oh, the other part, sorry. Going back to the whole Ethica thing, the logo, it's a very interesting logo. And you said when you signed up to, or sent in for the gig, all it was was a website and a logo. Has it always been the same? And is that, you know, is that something that's, you know, the staple and always going to be the same? Um, oh, we made one small change to it. I think the change was made in 2013. Um, the, the circle icon has always been the same, but the, the, the text Ethica, it actually used to be slanted very slightly. Um, that's the only small change we made. So we straightened okay. it out. Um, we have a different logo for Ethica Music. Um, so if there's other, you know, subsidiary type uh, businesses that we branch off into, um, they'll probably kind of have uh, their own logos. Uh, but yeah, um, for for as far as the apparel stuff goes, there's definitely no plans to alter. We feel it's super, super strong and cool and can kind of Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet logo. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. sweet. Well, where, where can your product be found? I think you said Ethica.com, uh, retail, you said Zoomies, Tilly's, things like that. Online, obviously, you guys probably create a lot of attraction, but where can people um, find these uh, pairs of chonies? Yeah, Ethica, Ethica.com is probably the best way to just really see the, the wide product oh, right. range we have mm-hmm. from men's, yeah. women's, youth, toddlers, and, and the tees and socks and all that. So the, you can get lost shopping on Ethica.com. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ain't got shit to do today. So uh, maybe under underwear shopping is uh, going to have to be my new Friday. We'll see. There you go. That's um, your happy hour. Cool. But hey, man, thank you so much for taking your time yeah, uh, joining us. This was awesome. Uh, blast getting to know you and sharing this connection that, that uh, Danny and you guys had.
Yeah, man, I appreciate it. By Thank the way, guys. were you guys with each other earlier? You you called me. Yeah, yeah. we were at the gym. Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet. Well, yeah. thanks again, Dana. Danny. Danny we're- doesn't really. Danny doesn't really work out. He kind of just walks around, talks shits on his phone. But yeah, yeah. hey, someone's got to do it. That sounds like my kind of workout. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, sweet. Vice President of Marketing at Ethica and Ethica's very first employee, Danny Evans. Thanks for joining us, man. That was awesome. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Good thanks, luck with Danny. the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate thanks, it. I'll, see you. I'll see you on Monday. Okay. See you guys. See you. See you. Bam. There's the end of the interview there with VP of Marketing, and my best friend at Ethica, Danny Evans. Uh, just a remarkable conversation of getting to hear the first appearance of him and, and kind of to hear it come full circle. They're nowhere near done as we get to hear the new ventures they're on. And, and Danny, I know, like, gee, you just joked about it. he's a walking billboard. You have head to toe something of theirs on right now. Um, but just in general, them yeah. con- continuing to expand. But it started, you know, out of a garage in Irvine, California, with just a couple, five solid colors, I think they are. And now if you Google Ethica, I, oh, I don't dude, even, I don't even know the type of designs yeah. that you're going to see that come up. It's incredible. It's so cool to see. Um, it's a tip of cap to Malcolm and Danny and finding that connection to make it work and obviously hiring the right people along the way, working out with the right people along the way, getting a chance <laughs> to you know, hop on a pretty cool podcast and, and hopefully some people can listen and understand and, and really, like, gee, you were kind of touching on our, our – they all kind of have something in common, and it's, it's like, something to root for, you know? Like, there's just something there that kind of, like, gravitates you yeah, towards. It's like, not, it's, they are human. Under like, our- they, they did strive for – you know, he had a goal in mind. He went out, he did it, and he's not done yet. And, like, he's not settling, you know? And it's pretty cool to see that. So that's enough from me. Uh, I'll let you guys go ahead and talk as well. Well, I was going to say – it. You don't have to be an underdog to have a cool, successful story in, in sports mm-hmm. business or life, you know, and you just have to have that work ethic and that, you know, that mentality, that Mamba mentality that a lot of our guests have and, you know, very goal oriented. And it just happens that, you know, there's a common theme. That's all. Uh, but yeah. to your point, though, I mean, it was it was cool to hear a story that's, you know, it's not an athlete, and but it's a behind the scenes of a product that athletes support. It's cool to hear like the style of uh, community that they make their environment, their work environment. It's 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 a cool, fun, you know, a place that people want to be, want to go, and I, you know, hear about them building their music studio to bring in not an athlete but you know an an artist of a different kind it's just cool that they're they're building their brand around who they want to be and be with as opposed to you know having a product and forcing it onto somebody to be something else you know it's it was just cool to hear that um and sorry last point that i was going to say for later but uh he brought up you know you asked uh i think Danny may have asked it, but um, what can you, or maybe you do, Seth, what can you pass along to people that, you know, are trying to do something, you know, and, and move forward? And how he said, you know, do things for you and don't worry about everybody else and the success will come. And I, I took that as like, you know, it was just cool to hear from a successful person. And 
what are we doing here? You know, we're doing this podcast for us. We're, we're climbing and trying to get this out there, but this is for us and to put out a story and you, you know, our numbers aren't Joe Rogan status, but you know, we're having fun and that's all that matters. And yeah, you know, for sure. It was, I, I thought, yeah, I instantly thought of our podcast. Uh, and I just, I think that we're, we're on a good path and we're doing what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I liked about what Danny and about the whole ethical brand is that, um, they stay true to themselves. They haven't, they haven't deviated from who they are and what they're trying to represent. And, um, you know, it's hard to, they didn't set, they haven't sold out. They haven't changed their logo. They haven't done anything like to catch on and be trendy or anything. So I, I appreciate that. They are who they are and they're going to stick with it and write it out. Bam. There it is. Episode 16 in the books. A reminder, join us next week, Tuesday, episode 17 of the CBS podcast, but that does it. Thank you. For Thank Seth you, best Smith. friend. Yeah, Danny, you're the man. <laughs> Holy cow. Shout out him. That was so freaking cool. Uh, Danny, you delivered it perfectly. Nice done. Uh, nicely done. Uh, but that does it. Episode fifth. Uh, yeah, wait. Is that 15? Did I say 15? Sure. Episode 15. 15. Whatever the hell we are. Done. Uh, check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in wherever you may have. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. Audio Jungle.